Welcome to Take Note. This is a podcast about paying attention and keeping a notebook. Your hosts are uh, ghosts, and each week we talk about just a little bit information about a murder that we slowly unravel. Um, my, I, my, so many tabs are open on my Google Chrome browser right now, Adam. I can't wait to dive in. Yep, and that's my ghost co-host, Ted. Uh, how are you doing today, Ted? I'm all right. I'm haunted by the specter of a <laughs> of a format change. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I'm Adam, and uh, before we get into that um, murder, I presume this is what happens actually on the show, which is they just keep teasing the murder, yep. and they talk about the murder at the end. I've I've never heard it. My uh, my wife liked it, but it gave her nightmares. Well, there's anyway, not before just one, we get Adam. to the this is a whole uh, this is a whole universe where we're prodding with our right with our incisive uh, hijinks. Right, right. <laughs> Um, my uh, my wife listened to the 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 favorite one. That's that was the one she liked. That's the one your wife likes, right? She does. My my wife also likes wine and crime, which I enjoy too. Don't get me wrong, hilarious people. Uh, you like wine and crying? Is wine and crime. Wine and crime. They oh, that's a podcast. Yes. I thought you liked to drink wine and cry. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, that's that's my omicron themed podcast that you're talking about there oh nice before the show uh before we started recording we i realized that your wife would like our show more if either uh we had murdered someone or we were dead if we were the victims or we were the perpetrators she would like our show more if we were the victims they would she would listen so hard (laughs) so so deep and she'd be working so hard to solve our murder Unfortunately, we're going to talk about what you wrote in your notebook. So, Ted, what do you got? <laughs> okay. Uh, quick note, I scribbled down after, I think it was after like an Instagram wormhole that I went down. Uh, here's what I wrote. Imagine being baptized by someone wearing Under Armour workout pants and a sweater vest. <laughs> wow. I mean, if I was going to be baptized, the more I think about it, I mean, I like that. I do like that. Was the baptizer like? Was he? Uh, was he? Was he a muscular guy? No, he, he was a. He was an upper middle aged fella. Okay. He, There's. It was like he was on a Zoom call. It was like he was on a Zoom baptism, except there were people <laughs> around him. The, the weird thing that just happened to me is the the guy I can think of on Instagram who wears sweater vests is New York Times uh, columnist Jamel Bowie. Okay. Who, when he's not wearing sweater vests and cooking and occasionally reviewing cereal. Cereals, yes. And, and, and usually actually writing about uh, uh, crisis of modern politics with a historical perspective. Uh, he, he is also um, uh, working out, right? So he's wearing a sweater vest and or muscular. I mean, I understand he does both those things at the same time, but... <laughs> So when you said sweater vest, no, I, yeah. I started thinking of no, this, uh, this, Jamal Bowie. This, this, this man was baptizing another adult. I don't know if that... Hmm. I don't know what... I don't know. I feel guilty for dragging Jamal Bowie into this. <laughs> he never hears this. Uh, well, I, it, the chance to mention his serial reviews is great. I only saw the, my first one 
recently and he really didn't like it and that was great because <laughs> i don't think i've ever had a cereal even a sweet disgusting cereal that i haven't just loved so the idea that you would be a cereal tester and then really not like one i found to be fascinating well he's a connoisseur yeah what do you got adam uh, well, I've got. I wrote something here that I'm going to read that I plan to read, and I realized that right above it, I also wrote down our families, each of our top five all-time favorite animals. But I'm going to. I guess I'm going to skip that unless we get desperate. Uh, so I've written down. I offhandedly mentioned to the boys today that we should study up on our dog breeds because we're not really uh, dog people, and uh, even though we have a dog, and then we should rank our favorites. Um, two hours later, the boys got haircuts. And were given small wrapped presents at the sports cuts. Santa was here, according to the sign on the window. Wiley received a figurine from Pixar's Coco. Logan received a pack of cards with different dog breeds wow. on them. This would have been a notable coincidence if these were trading cards, but they were Pokemon-style card games called Who's the Most Lovable Pooches? Wow. Made by Top Trump's company. Each breed gets points for size, rarity, cuteness, and good temper, combined for a top, tr top Trump's rating. And I guess what I mean by it would have been a notable coincidence is I, I believe it transcends a simple coincidence into now, know, something beyond. Are these real dog breeds on these cards that are yes. weirdly called Top Trump? Is that what you keep saying? Top Trump's is the card game Strange company name. with a card company top trumps but they're real they're the not game is well they're real breeds yep so we actually could study up on them and learn our dog breeds um and the game is called in case you want to go try to go find it like get um i guess probably a dollar store um <laughs> who's the most lovable question mark pooches <laughs> so in theory i think there's probably a who's the most lovable a, series yes and this is the pooches game when the graphic designer designed the Who's the Most Lovable question mark series, that's the template, and you can put anything after that. Pooches, mm -hmm. celebrities, presidents. Um, Murder podcasters. <laughs> well, that's really, that's, that's the universe uh, telling you that, mm -hmm. that you're under-informed about the various uh, overbred and... and Far too expensive dogs that you should never, ever go near because you should get a rescue dog, which you did. That's right. I wonder who's the most lovable, pooches. <laughs> um, what do you got, Ted? <laughs> um, okay, just driving down the road. The other day, uh, saw that the McDonald's flag was flying half mast, which I can only assume is to note the passing of Bob Dole. Oh, you don't think you don't think the Hamburglar died in jail? <laughs> How long has he been in jail, and has he not? He hasn't eaten his way out by now. <laughs> they did. They built the jail out of French fries, but he only eats hamburgers. <laughs> One of my favorite scenes from the new Ghostbusters movie um, that I saw. Oh with my, yes, I hope your wife's listening now. I Talking saw ghosts. With, my daughter, when my wife and son went out to the country, and we, I spent a delightful weekend with my daughter where we did all kinds of things that we don't do in normal life. We went to see a movie in the middle of the day. Uh, they, the, the ghost trapping thing was inside a police 
you know, like evidence uh, room inside of which there was like a mini jail cell where they, I guess they kept the craziest evidence because you would put it in another little jail cell, right? Because it's a police precinct. Uh, and there was a, okay. a metal eating ghost was trapped inside the ghost machine. So the way they got, they needed the trap. So the way they got the trap out was to, to like reach in and hit the button so the ghost could come out and eat its way out of the of the little mini jail cell and then they could get the trap through the hole that the ghost ate. I thought that was very clever. Why did I start talking about that? I have no earthly idea. <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand, but I mean Ghostbusters always been above my head. It was one of those clever things where you're like, "Oh, that was clever. That was worth making a scene in a movie." I enjoyed it. It was it was a pretty fun movie overall. What are you uh, What are you writing in with? Since this is a podcast about notebooks, I'm writing in with a <laughs> I'm writing in a field notes notebook. I'm still using the the all all trails edition, the green one. I like it. I uh, I had some weather events on it, so it's almost like a little soggy. Uh, it was very rainy, and uh, I feel like that's appropriate. That's that, right. Yeah, for that it edition. is. Yeah, absolutely. And I am writing with a, here we go, I am writing with a Tombow Monographlite ballpoint pen, 38 millimeter blue ink. A Tombow pen. Now I have to say, I don't think I've experienced that before. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a sharp one. I like it a lot. I mean, it's, it's a sharp, it's a good looking pen. The barrel is a blue, white, and black striped and the clip is clear. It's a, it's a nice pen. I, I'm enjoying it a lot. In fact, it's so nice that I, it is not a pocket pen. It, it stays at home. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, now, what? Yep. compare it, if you would, to a, a better-known pen. Like, in its, does it have a cap? Is it... Uh... Oh, it's a click pen. It's no pen. That's another... It's no... Uh, yeah, it's it's a click pen. There's no cap. That's another reason that it uh, stays at home, because I tend to have bad luck. And it's... Uh, I don't know. It's It's got a very nice, fine... You know, there's there's something about it. It is a 0.38 millimeter, and the other very, yeah. blue pen that I've been using is Pentel Energel, which is yeah. 0.35 millimeter. But there's something, I would say, more precise, seemingly, about this this Tombow Monographlite ballpoint. I don't tend to think of the Energel as being a, a a real precise ink in the way that the I feel like the Uni inks gel inks are always really tight inner gel i, th- I think of as a, there's a little a little looser Mole- on a molecular level is what i'm talking about yeah good Maybe. Well, i have to it's... i have to keep my eye out for that one where'd you get it jet pens nice. got it at jet pens good. recommend it what have you been writing in well Wait. so i i have i'm at a i'm at a transition moment i finished up my 50th anniversary red notebook that uh number one fan of the show and occasional co-host ryan sly gave to me and i moved on to uh a notebook with corn on the front of it and little 3d little 3d corn it's of course the harvest edition which uh number one fan of the show and occasional co-host ryan sly gave to me he's a he's a generous fellow generous Uh, fellow hates corn famously 
Yeah, when I he fanned him out like David Copperfield and asked me to pick one, and I grabbed the corn and he said, "Good, get that out of my sight." Um, well, you love these, and I, you know, I love them too. I'm I'm totally oh, on board. Great. It's great paper. The form factor is just curious and interesting enough uh, to be fun. I really, honestly, you know, this 50th is graph paper. Every time I use graph, I just come to hate it all the more. There's no, uh, I'm not, I'm not finding any revelations with my, my. No upside. Soured relationship to graph paper. So I'm happy to be in this, this dot ruled, I guess you could call it, which is. It's like, oh, they, they got a, they trademarked the name for it. It's a, is it a dot ledger? I mean, I like it a lot. I think the most ridiculous thing about it, though, is that they uh, trademarked the name for it. I don't know. Whenever, when at work, whenever I'm dealing with a like a supplier member or something that's got that, they keep making you put the either register mark or the trademark thing in your copy if you're going to refer to their product. Yeah, it just makes me very upset. <laughs> um, well, it, maybe I've made this up. Maybe it's I, not trademarked. When I moved to that little frontier town out in uh, North Dakota years ago, there was. Uh, there was the old accountant, Doc Ledger. He uh, he knew all the he knew all the uh, the transactions that had been made in that town. Good old Doc. This is their perforated ruled dot ledger trademark lines. Okay. Yeah. It's cooler if you say trademark at the end of it. Well, they're putting it there, you know. Well, anyway, uh, so I met my my transition point. I say that because I've got two. Big, heavy-duty rubber bands uh, running up the spine of each of these notebooks because I got my to-do list in the back of the 50th, you see. This is how I learned this from old Doc Ledger. This is an old trick that he taught <laughs> me. Uh, now, I'm not through with the to-do list, so I don't want to lose it on a day-to-day -day basis, so I strapped these two notebooks together, and I got my my corn edition on the front and my, my 50th on the back, and it's just going to have to be that way for a little bit longer how these things go hey ted just give me give me one second hello oh no really doc ledger's been murdered <laughs> we'll deal with that shortly right, yep let me i'm gonna need to open a few more tabs on my browser okay um so another pen I've been writing with this is, is the this, stupidest uh, thing I've ever done. I think I've commitment. done. The, I think I've done this before it's too. The commitment. <laughs> it's well, not only it's, a dumb this idea. Is our, can, can this count as our holiday edition? You probably did it in December, twenty eighteen or something. We'll say that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I the other pen I've been writing with is this narwhal fountain pen that I got a month or two ago, pretty much on a whim. I needed a. A fresh something fresh to use and uh it's this nice blue swirly pen pretty good price you know i think generally agreed that it's uh you know kind of punches above its weight when it comes to price now i it was skippy when i had it for some time it was the nib was just a little skippy it was just unsatisfying so i was hanging out with ryan sly uh who is as most of you know has become quite a connoisseur of fine fountain pens um, and he said, uh, you know what, just clean it out, just clean that thing out, you know, let it dry, run water through it. And I bet you it'll be as good as new. It's probably just got some old ink or something stuck in there. And, uh, I said, you know what, 
I'll give that a try. Because I keep, I always say I'm going to go over to Drum Goals and get them to, you know, adjust this or something. I never go. Um, so the other day, well, first thing I did just out of curiosity was go on YouTube and say something like, adjust your own fountain pen nib, which is, you know, when they're Are like... Are you doing voice typing for stuff on uh, YouTube now? Voice typing? Yeah. Did you voice type well, it no, in? Well, no, I typed it in on a, on a keyboard okay. with a an alphanumeric keyboard it's got letters numbers i only needed the letters for this particular transaction you know now you can now you can voice type everything and it's it's and i and i find it you know i i resisted it at first but i find it it's uh that's the future and the resistance will be like it's miraculous i don't know resisting a keyboard you know so good it's hard to believe how quickly it became so good um I, I I am enjoying thinking about when you actually return to an office with other humans. Uh, and everybody just voice YouTube, typing in the... Uh, YouTube, uh, <laughs> ghost moves notebook across desk. And enter, send, play. <laughs> Cracking myself up with that one. Um so I watched it a little bit. You know, I think sometimes watching a YouTube video, if nothing else, it can just um, show you that you're not going to ruin your fountain pen just by giving it a little nudge. You know, sometimes these things can feel slightly precious. Um, so this guy was, you know, well, first he said, well, I have a jeweler's loop. And I went, oh, God, I think I'm out of my, uh, I'm out of my depth here. But I stuck to it. And really, I just... I cleaned it out, like Ryan said, and then I I honestly just, I kind of just stuck my fingers in between the tines a little bit, just just rattled it, rattled its cage. And that thing writes perfectly. Ryan was completely right. I didn't need any kind of, the only nibmeister I needed was him. So uh, So did you, okay. So the novel is back. Did you really think that you were going to ruin your pen by, by, by washing it out, by cleaning it? No, but I, I, you know, you get I I get into a mode where I think of some kind of a nib problem like needs to be solved by a professional. I'm not a real I'm not I'm not extremely comfortable messing with the actual tines and the microscopic type stuff and the feeds and all this. Um so it's not I, that I, I thought to... oh I'll ruin it. It's just not my first instinct to horse around. I've cleaned plenty of pens, but I just I got I got it in my own head. That's what happened. Yeah, I get you. And he jo- he, I think he the jogged reason, me out of it. The reason that I don't buy that many pens is because I feel I'm not a great maintenance guy. Um, yeah, I, in fact, I think that no no truer words about me have ever been <laughs> spoken. But um, but but so whenever I'm a whenever I want a new pen, I think you know at the very least I need to sit down and clean my pens yeah. and use them again. Yeah before I go and buy another pen because there's I don't think there's anything I need from those pens that I can't get yeah like I, I haven't uh, worn <laughs> off the novelty of the pens that I have yeah yeah really well I think there's yeah. something you know doing a little maintenance really I think you're right it can it can give you a sense of accomplishment and you know it's just satisfying to kind of take it apart and see all the pieces and remind yourself how it works and 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 freshen it up and put new ink and it really can so i i, I think you're on to something uh and i it, it is very satisfying but like who can find the time with all these murders we've got to sure. solve 
they're not going to yeah. solve themselves. Adam. I That's think right. That That's much right. is clear. Uh, the the Tokyo Inklings podcast. I think I'm getting that right. Uh, it is a boy. What a peaceful listen. Um, it's just these two guys. I believe they're located in Japan, and they they are they are in deep on fountain pens. I don't know their background off the top of my head, but they they are just deep diving on the industry kind of thing. But one one thing I love about them, and I find I, I find it peaceful in and of itself, is that they they talk about messing with fountain pens, switching nibs out, modifying. They really they really kind of demystify um, pens as tools in that same kind of way, which is, which is that it's like that reassuring voice. These are not, you know, these are not magical, untouchable um, things. These are things you can jimmy around with. Anyway, that was my little journey with my narwhal. I really do like it. It's a good size. It's heavy. And I was looking for a new nib size to, to mix in. I've got a real fine pointed Twisby. I've got a, a pilot vanishing point with a stub nib and I was looking for something more broad that I could kind of throw down a little ink in the the narwhal was sitting there waiting for me over at John Ghouls. Nice. Well, you should throw up some, you should throw up, you should throw up some, uh, some pictures of your ink tests on the blog. Mm. That's a good idea. Well, Ted, I wanted to talk to you about subscriptions, and I, I got it in my head the other day. I don't know exactly what, but you know, I am a, I'm an oversubscribed individual, and I think I think we kind of all are. And I wanted, I was just thinking about all of the, the all of the things coming into the house, either through the mailbox or through the computer, or, or through the internet in different ways, and and we've. You know, we, we've talked about all, like all of the streamers, the streaming services that we subscribed to before. And I don't know, I, this show is in my mind kind of about paying attention. And so I made a list um, and I made the list just to be more aware of my for myself. And it is a very incomplete list of the things I subscribe to. Um, and it got me thinking about really what is a subscription and, <laughs> and what... Um, so, so I thought maybe I'd go through my list. I've kind of got categories here and feel free to jump in, um, with your subscriptions. And, and then, you know, at the end, maybe, I don't know, there's, there's one or two things that I want to talk about, but. Sounds great. I, I, first I started. Yeah. I think it's fascinating. Um, old Doc Ledger was always a big fan of, of, uh, keeping <laughs> your house in order and knowing what was, what was coming in and what was going out. So I think we didn't mean much for him in the end, though. That legacy. <laughs> yep. So okay, I'll start I, with. I've got, well, here's the thing. I think you you brought the idea up, and you thought to yourself, "I'm going to make a list." I thought to myself, "I'm going to wait till we're recording the podcast and make a list in real time." So you sounds good. You're you're the class. Uh, you're the nerd, and I'm the class clown over in the back, uh, scribbling his homework in at the last minute. <laughs> Well, I think you'll find it's fairly impossible. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I'll start with this, right? The the first things come in, in the in the mail or at the at the end of the driveway. We I got two subscriptions to the New York Times. Okay, because this is off to yep, a hot and this start. Is, right, 
<laughs> exactly. Yep. Uh, get the Sunday Times delivered. Actually, I try to put it on hold uh, for most of the month. Um, if if I'm falling behind on it, that's that's my new thing. Oh, that's a good um, idea. Where I just yep, because I'm because we've got our digital subscription. Uh, my wife's an educator, and you can't get your digital subscription and your Sunday subscription combined with the educator thing. Anyway, so we yeah. got two. We got two subscriptions sure. to the New York Times, and that's how it's starting. Uh, subscribe to the New York Review of Books, and I really like that. But uh, sometimes they come every three weeks. Sometimes they come every two weeks. <laughs> It's hard hard to get through them, and then with the mail, uh, what they what happens is in the fall and in the winter when all the books come out, they come out more often, and and they're showing up every week at this point. Um, I subscribe to the Economist, and I subscribe to Monocle magazine. The Economist, and then My the Economist. God, you are insane. The Economist is great. It's fantastic. I subscribe to it mostly for work, and in a way, Monocle is kind of for work too, but. Um, yeah, I like The Economist a lot. It's just, but I don't get to read, you know, I I have to like hunt for the gems and I have to make them useful. But The the Economist is kind of helpful for work. Like if you want to know uh, the state of government's response to ransomware and how none of that's going to help you, some interesting Economist <laughs> articles. They also have a really good like long reads email magazine that comes out on Saturday for subscribers. Hmm. Anyway. So, you know, so I had for my buddy Kugler, uh, we had him on the show to discuss Slacker when uh, you were absent one week. Uh, he was subscribing to it, too, my, and my dad, and enough people just started telling me. I also have this theory that all media starts with The Economist, <laughs> that every other publication uh, reads The Economist on Thursday and copies it for the rest of the week in some way. Um, th- but then uh, here's a, the, a philosophical question. National Geographic comes every week, but that's because my father has perennially subscribed me to it, okay. which I greatly appreciate. Yeah. So do I subscribe to it? Is that my subscription? Um, I'm going to say, no, that's a gift. Each one of them is a gift. Fantastic. Which do, I mean, a great gift. Great gift. Subscriptions, and I've forgotten this, but man, I love a gifted subscription. Me too. Me too. Send us a uh, send us a gifted subscription at Take Note Death Space. Sure. sure. Uh, I'm moving on to uh, some digitals. Well, now. let me let me now that okay, you've gone through your print. Now I've been furiously scribbling what I can think of off the top of my head. So I'm going to go through my print now. Ready? Yep. Sounds so, good. So uh, I received Monocle magazine. Um, I got one. <laughs> I got one, and then I got another one so quickly it made my head spin. Um, and the thing about Monocle, I like it. I really like what they're doing. They all kind of look the same. So you <laughs> you get halfway through one, and then another one arrives, and you're like, what is – this is a weird uh, – it's like a, a boring dystopia is a, is a subreddit. The Monocle <laughs> – it's like a weird little mini boring dystopia where you didn't finish one and the next one looks exactly the same. Um, the the new one's got gold on the cover though, so it's nice. It actually looks quite yeah. nice. Holiday themed, Christmas themed. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I get Texas Monthly Magazine, which is uh, oh, that's a good one. Uniquely good, um, and when you sit down to read it, you always. I like that one because it's a magazine's magazine. There are. Uh, you know the sto- the articles start with uh, 
Riding out in a pickup truck out to Ranch 4816, you'd think you were leaving the, you know, like their stories. They're real, mm-hmm. it's real storytelling, which you don't, you're not going to get that in The Economist, Adam. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> I, this enough. is not about, I'm sorry, I'm not starting, trying to start a feud. I get the Sunday New York Times uh, every week. I've only got one subscription. Um, I do, I, I have the crossword subscription to the, uh, to the app, I think I think I pay Apple, and Apple pays New York Times separately somehow for the crossword. It's a different, another another story. Right. So that us. that reminds me, we will have to go. We'll have to put a pin in the <laughs> do I pay for this and how do I pay for this <laughs> issue of subscriptions now because I think that's one of the interesting things this this list raised. Oh, know? it uh, yeah, that's not the last time we're going to encounter this. Uh, so Texas Monthly. Uh, Sunday New York Times. The thing about the Sunday New York Times is there are there is one magazine tucked into it, and sometimes two magazines tucked into the entire Sunday edition of the paper. So that is also a magazine. Of two s- things that you won't have time to finish reading <laughs> oh. tucked inside another thing you won't have <laughs> time to finish reading. And yet, it does not matter how much of the previous week's Sunday Times I have not read, I... I'm so excited about the new one every single week. <laughs> yep. I it, they deliver it at like 8:30, which is too late on a Sunday. It annoys me, and then I I rip it out. I remove the Sunday Times that I've left on the counter because I have so much of it left to read, and I put the new one there, and it's all quite perverse. Um, okay, I get N plus one journal now, which I subscribed to fairly recently. Um, I still have barely read it. It's so hard to get to these. I know it's all going to be good when I do read it, and I'm glad I support them. Uh, but actually putting eyeballs on the words of this literary magazine has been a challenge. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I get The Week, which is a kid-oriented news magazine thing, weekly uh you know, kind of like if Newsweek was only kids' stories, and that is a huge hit. I cannot recommend that enough. My nine-year-old okay, so is obsessed. Let me tell you my our experience with the week. So, there is the week started in England, and the uh. week is for adults. And then there's a U.S. version of the week for adults, and then there are kids' versions. And on the Libby app, you can get the kids' version. But you can only get the British kids version. Okay. You can, so occasionally, uh, my twelve-year-old will agree to read the kids version of the week, but it is only the British version. And then I tell him he doesn't have to pay that close attention to the British news section, even though you know I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm kind of obsessed with British news, and I've been that way for like. 20 years i do know that about you so i know all about like the ups and downs of boris johnson right now like more than i should mm-hmm. um so and i am i am like oh you you don't have to read this logan but really i'm slowly indoctrinating him <laughs> into my <laughs> strange passions uh well the print so but that's digital i take it yes yeah well the print you know i i do recommend the print it's just fun and you know, she she breeds it at breakfast and just you know regales me with the silly stories and the photographs. It's it's a plus. 
I think that covers my print subscriptions. I will probably think of more. Okay. I I have one other print subscription that's a little different, which is I subscribe. To, I get like three fancy postcards sent to me every three months or something, and then I occasionally send them out to you and to others. Occasionally write on them and send them out. That's called the Rose Town postcard subscription. That's great. Now, now my digitals. Uh, <laughs> I subscribe to the internet, um, uh-huh. to, which is I think where all the problems yes. begin. I agree. <laughs> and then. Uh, we've talked about the streaming services before, but I'm currently, I'm currently like a streaming service heavy, uh, because of the things that come out in the fall and between Get Back and Succession, mm-hmm. I've got all the streaming services almost. You got, but also, you just have all of them. You got, I mean, Netflix Hulu, and Prime and Disney Plus. You got Roku. You got Nobu. You got, I got HB, HB Omax. <laughs> and... You know HBO Max. They um, um, I noticed that they they call their things like Max Originals, like HBO. I'm not here for the Max brand. Yeah, if I you're don't not get it HBO, either. I'm not I'm not here. So why, why would they try? Why would they make a point of separating out the things that they don't show on the cable channel? I mean, I guess because they at this point would rather you pay them directly through their app than pay the cable people. So they want you to know what you can't get by subscribing to cable. Man, you're already you've already inceptioned me into total total confusion around <laughs> HBO Max's digital strategy. I don't know. But I've got another Max I subscribe to. I subscribe to Max Fun. Oh yeah, there you go. Max Fun subscriber. Look at that. Also also a subscriber to uh, the my only Patreon is the Erasable Patreon. Ah, excellent. Yeah, I'm. I'm. A, so I get a little. I've got an Erasable Patreon. Little, some some bucks go their way every month as well. And so those are my those are my digital subscriptions. Other than, I've I've got another one more category of digital subscriptions that we can talk about. But but what what well, kind of streamers and entertainment? Yeah digitals do you okay have? so i've got uh i've got the disney hulu espn plus bundle which means i never know how to log into any of those from a browser <laughs> and every time i try to log into one it pushes me to another and back again and around i've got <clears throat> netflix which uh six months ago i finally made the very bold decision to stop stealing my my mother's netflix account and just just purchase my own like a grown-up uh <clears throat> well yeah because you guys were always getting confused about which episode of call my agent you were on <laughs> uh this I'm reminds me your mom's a big call my agent fan another i can only assume another yeah. uh so we went to an airbnb on a little mini vacation recently every on the smart tvs in that place every single one was logged into some some strangers uh streaming <laughs> service that, welcome back jordan like hi teresa so it's like man i'm about to uh, jordan's like i swear to god i do not remember watching the first lord of the rings movie i have no memory of that and yet here we are um okay digital is new york times crossword so that's i've got the app that's one of my most bang for my buck. I I I do so many crossword. Pl- I'm no Jeff Tweedy, 
but I do a lot. I love that. Worth every penny. Uh, so I erasable Patreon, of course, and then I do another Patreon. Effectively Wild is a fantastic baseball podcast that I highly recommend, so I throw them a few dollars. In past, I have supported Oh Yeah Dude, which I think I've mentioned recently. Um, I am a subscriber to Kotki.org, which is uh, okay. Jason Kotki's wonderful website. You know, there there are a number of places where I just say to myself, my God, I have enjoyed this thing for free for so very long and they make a pitch and i i'm like i'm in um cocky's like the only place on the internet that consistently can make you happy oh it's unbelievable they deserve my he deserves my dollars it's unbelievable um i would i would put max fun in that category as well yeah 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 um and then i've got i subscribe to fan graphs which at fan graphs and uh, effectively wild or, are related to each other but that's a baseball statistical analysis website where you can just read more about baseball than you would ever hope to imagine so i got an annual subscription to that and i also have hbo max which i get through my internet provider uh through some magic of uh, it's just folded in somehow which i didn't know for years until one day i was think i was gonna buy it and it was somehow like here you already have it Um, this is one of those wonderful do i pay for it do i pay for it unclear if it disappeared tomorrow i would have no recourse i wouldn't know how i even had it to begin with it may as well be like the squiggly channel uh from you know 1998 where your cable box got the weird one that sounded a little a little (laughs) racier than you were perhaps entitled to it's it's almost that. Um, okay, I think that's all my digital properties. Okay, you've I, you've reminded me about three other digital properties: <laughs> my work ones that I subscribe to Adobe and Expensify and Microsoft three hundred and sixty. Oh and I think God. the reason I take a moment to mention those is because when I started my business, I took a a colleague a man who is, he's still working, but he is at retirement age. And one of the things he said to me was um, basically don't subscribe to things. And so he's known for 40 or 50 years that you need to like cancel anything that you have to pay for on a monthly basis. And uh, it's just, it's interesting that this has been, you know, this is not a new thing, but I think it has gotten really out of control, right? You don't pay for software anymore. You pay for software subscriptions. Yeah. Um, so I think I think that's interesting. So there are two more categories of things that I subscribe to. One is podcasts. And when I looked at my podcast app to even try to get a count oh, no. of how many podcasts I subscribe to, it was impossible. Yeah. And so I abandoned it. But I thought it was interesting that it was literally impossible because the app was made to not just, it didn't just collect the podcasts I subscribed to, but any podcast I'd ever downloaded a single episode of. Um <laughs> Right, because it just want you know, these things, and I mean, there's nothing wrong. It's trying to collect everything that you've ever shown any interest in, so you'll keep using the app. Yeah. Um, so I don't have a list of that, but I do have a list of the newsletters here. Um, okay. And I'm going to start with 11 substacks well, no. I counted that I never read. No. So there are 11 substacks that I don't read at all. Are, okay, are these one, uh, do you pay for these? No, there's okay. only one that I pay for. Well, there's no. I don't pay for any of them right now. So I there's think one that I will pay for. That's a big distinction if we're talking subscription because I think, you know, the leap from something that you 
We'll click a few buttons and put your email in to receive is substantially different from something you will pay a Dogecoin for. Okay. On a all right. Mess. Well, this is going long, so I I won't list all of these great newsletters, but okay. I will say that I have started uh, I have started with the new George Saunders Story Club newsletter, and it is an extension of that great George Saunders book that we've talked about a few times. A swim in the pond, a swim in a, a swim in a pond in the rain. Um, which is a, where Swimming he analyzes with Lincoln short stories. And the Bardo, I think is what <laughs> yes, and so he's he's extending it as a newsletter, and he's been very clear that uh, in a couple months they'll start charging for it, and mm. it's great, and I will have to pay for it. Right now, it, it it began with him talking about revision. That was the first newsletter. Then talking about the history of one of the stories that he wrote that happened to be fiction featured on the New Yorker Fiction podcast, one of the podcasts I subscribed to. And <laughs> now he's going paragraph by each newsletter is one paragraph of a Hemingway story um, and analyzing it. And wow. it's not just about how to write, but it's, I feel like I'm like making the pitch for his book and newsletter worse than he would. Now you're going um, to go just this long on every single newsletter that you subscribe. No, no, no. I'm not going to talk about any other newsletters. <laughs> Uh, it's not about how to write, but it's also like how to read. And he's it, analyzing when you read that one paragraph, like what's going on in your mind and what it does as yeah. you read it. Um, and it's re really, really good. It's called George Saunders Story Club. Now, you're reminding me with this whole teaser, uh, you'll have to pay for this later, Jeff Tweedy's n newsletter, Starship Casual. Mm -hmm. uh, I subscribed to it, didn't pay for it, so I get the occasional missive, but I can only presume there's a uh, just a utopian world unfolding behind the paywall uh, on that newsletter. Well, um, I think, you know, I don't, I don't pay for it anymore either, but I get the paid ones with, then with a little reminder to subscribe after the first paragraph or two. Gotcha. I just wasn't, it's great, but I wasn't, they were coming so frequently, I wasn't oh, you gotta, listening to yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think if you um, caught me April 2020, I would I would be all over it. But uh, sometimes you got to break free of the Tweety verse. Um, <laughs> the one an, uh, a newsletter that I absolutely love is Lauren Collins's newsletter. She's a New Yorker yeah. writer. Yep. I, I I've tweeted about her a lot over over time, but uh, it's a real yeah, digest. She's, she's asked me to talk to you about that. Okay. <laughs> It's a, she just, it's, it's got a, she's in Paris, an American in Paris, and it just has a, that kind of slant to it. I don't understand a quarter of the content because I don't speak French, but uh, it's just a great, a great voice and a great format and just breezy and, and very fun. Um, the, the podcast that I just stopped subscribing to, Sports Stories. This is a dear friend, guest on the show, Eric Nussbaum. And his uh, collaborator, illustrator, Adam Villison. Uh, they, I've, I, That's I, a newsletter, right? It's a newsletter, but I did subscribe. I don't know what non-paying people could see, but it, uh, they, they published a like, book-worthy content every week for about a year that uh, is just so good. And... They, they, I think, have they've decided to pivot 
um, to a different format. So I'm, I'm kind of waiting to see what they cook up um, for their next phase. But illustration, you know, newsletter with custom illustrations uh, in each one, absolutely stunning work. And I'm not saying that because I consider myself Eric's mentor and kind of the key that unlocked his, his success. Not saying that, <laughs> not saying that I directly led to his path of becoming Sabre's best baseball book of the year. I'm not saying that. If that's what you're taking away from this, you're way off. Amazing, uh, amazing uh, newsletter. And they just released a Mike Piazza themed zine that you can buy for the holidays. So get on that. Nice. I, I also subscribe uh, I w- to a number of newsletters that I can't even remember what they're called or what they are, but they show up a lot, and I, I'm sorry to them, always. Well, I think I think you've just landed on, you know, I, I actually really feared that doing this would come off like uh, some sort of bragging or, so, you know, so, something like I, two subscriptions to the New York Times and that sort of thing. And, and it's, it's, it's about kind of two things. It is a it's despair at all the things coming in and knowing you don't have the time for it. Mm -hmm. But it is also, I think there is the realization that you can't support all these things, but but it's because there is this wealth of great things. Yeah. So there's a, there's a beautiful reason that you can't support all the things that you'd like to support. Um, Yeah. Well, which is the only right. The reason that we're not subscribed to Jeff Tweedy is just because you're there's only so many places you can uh, put your dollars because we're all kind of oversubscribed. We're all bringing too much in and we can't possibly support um, all the little individual things. I, I don't disagree with you. I think there's a flip side. I don't pay 200 bucks a month for cable TV. So right, neither do I. I yeah. mean, cable was the it is it is the the original subscription that you overpay for and underconsume. You know, what, what, even in a even in the, the heyday of cable, what do you watch? Five channels, you know, two hours a day, and think of how much cable you're not watching. So you know, you could have made that kind of argument, I, but I cut that out. So you that that's a big chunk of subscription budget that now goes to things I think are much more worthwhile that I are, are supporting friends, artists, writers, you know, small ish literary magazines, magazines that do good work. So I'm not ready to say that, you know, it's, it's a, it's a a cause for despair. I think nothing gives me greater pleasure than paying money to people who've, built a really cool project and it's affordable i mean you know 50 bucks a year is affordable it doesn't feel like it all the time i think probably because we are being pitched for those chunks of money a lot but uh when you really think about you know like i was saying about kotki guy's been producing top tier internet content for like 15 20 years yeah. Uh, no, the the despair, I think the despair comes on Sunday mornings at 8.30 <laughs> when uh, you have to pitch the T-Magazine, the NYT magazine, and put it all inside the Sunday Times because the next one is here and the guilt at having not made the dent in it, you know? It's true. It's true. I mean, 
you just have to uh, you have to appreciate or accept that there are lots of people in the world and I'm sure plenty of them are reading the whole thing. If you don't get to it this time, so be it. Um and occasionally T magazine puts out these insane awesome globally globally historically themed issues and I'll read those all the way through even if it takes me 3 weeks. They did a, a one you know, about rice recently. Amazing, amazing work. You know which subscription is not going to take much time from people is the Take Note Prompts newsletter subscription because it's been it's been about three four months since we can get, I put out an issue of that, in which I tried to rip off the Lauren Collins style. Actually, guaranteed infrequent delivery. Yep, that's one of our that's our value. It's built right in. That's right. Well, let's do this again next week, Adam. Sounds good. Ryan Sly will be here. We're probably going to talk about Vladimir Nabokov's novel, Palefire. Get on it. Get reading. You won't regret it. Um, And I need to get reading also. Shove aside this... I'm literally looking at a large pile of unread journals and magazines right now. Palefire, man. I'm on brand. Uh, Check us out on the internet. I am the shadow of the waxwing slime. (laughs) Take note.space our website lots of great content azure of the window for you to wedge in to your reading life your consuming life uh we're on twitter twitter com slash take note pod uh take care